I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about what happens after you file your taxes. Joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA, that's Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. All right, Susan, I filed my taxes. Now what? Well, hopefully if you got a refund, you've gotten your refund. Oh, yes, I did. You know, they're taking longer this year, so that's why I asked a little bit. Refunds are taking an average of 21 days this year. A few years ago, we were seeing direct deposits in 9 to 10 days. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but I still think 21 days is because I used, we all did, you know, you send in the paper mm-hmm. files back in the day and that would take a couple months. So 21 days, I thought it was still score, but you're right. I do remember actually getting my refunds within a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I think, you know, with everything going on, the IRS is short staffed. The IRS has been taking care of all these impact payments, advanced child care, all this stuff that it normally wouldn't be taken care of. And they're still behind from the pandemic with, honestly, some 18, 19, and 2020 taxes. That actually raises a really interesting question, because even if I electronically filed, do I have to wait for my refund behind all the other ones that they haven't gotten to from 2020 or 2021? No, that you filed electronically is is honestly better. When we say that the IRS is still dealing with millions of pieces of mail, it's just that. It's stale mail. So if you mailed in your 2021 tax return on real paper, you might be waiting. You could be waiting months from what we're hearing because there just is not enough manpower to be going through all this stuff. I mean, think about it. If you've even tried to call the IRS, you probably haven't gotten through or you've waited on hold for maybe an hour's or two, or just been hung up on. Yeah, that's all fine if I'm expecting a refund. I mean, of course, I want my money sooner rather than later, but at least I know at some point I'll get it. Mm -hmm. What about if I owe taxes? Oh, that's never fun either. So if you owe taxes, number one, I'm going to say, I hope you at least filed an extension. Taxes were due Monday, April 18th at midnight, regardless of whether you extended or not. You can extend filing the tax return. You cannot extend filing the income taxes. So if you couldn't pay them, a couple things you can do. You can apply for an installment plan, and you can do that online on the irs.gov website. 
short-term plan if you owe under $100,000 taxes and think you can pay it in 120 days, get it applied for online. You'll, you'll end up paying a fee anywhere from $30 up to $130. Don't ask me how that comes about. <laughs> the IRS will approve it. And then you go ahead and just start paying that down. Before we get into more of that, let's say I did, I filed an extension to, you mm-hmm. know, to file my taxes, but I still was supposed to pay the IRS by April 18th. If I haven't filed my taxes, how do I know how much money I'm supposed to pay? Well, that's welcome to my world. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I know, I know that our CPA members, especially those working in some of the larger firms for the last couple of weeks have been calculating estimated taxes to be paid in with the extension. And it's just that it's an estimated payment. People will sometimes pay in a hundred percent of last year's taxes or 90%. And then they're, I mean, they're kind of taking a little bit of a gamble of when they file their taxes, if they still owe a little bit more. Yeah, they're going to be assessed a penalty and some interest. Wow. Okay. So let's say we estimate that I owe a thousand dollars and two things. I don't have enough money to pay the full thousand dollars. So because inflation, Susan, this little thing is like of inflation is cutting into my pocketbook as far as groceries and gas and everything else. So now I have less money to give the IRS. So I ask to pay in installments, but I, I give, you know, $200, let's say, Mm -hmm. and I'm able to pay off that thousand dollars in the installment in the time given. But by the time we get there, we realize, oh, you owe $1,500, not a thousand dollars. Now I have to pay a penalty on that 500 I didn't owe and didn't file a payment plan on plus interest. Well, let's back up a minute. So you would do the installment plan, and I'm just going to make this more painful for our listeners here. So just hold tight, everyone. It's not pretty. So you would file for the installment agreement once you know what your tax liability is. So we filed our taxes because people will say, well, I'm not going to file my taxes because I owe. As a CPA, we will always say, let's file the taxes and let's do an installment agreement. As part of that installment agreement, this is where it's going to get painful. You get to pay a 0.5% penalty on the unpaid taxes per month until it's paid in full. On top of that, you will be charged interest, not only on the tax liability, but the IRS will assess interest on top of the penalty. So if we think that inflation is hurting us, which you're right, I just read a report earlier today that we're spending an extra $700 a month on this 10.5% inflation rate we've got going on here in the state. This is a big ouch. One more thing, though, and I'm going to digress for just a second. It's so important, regardless of whether you owe those taxes or not, that you filed that extension. Because there's what's called a failure to file penalty. And what that is, is that's 5% of any unpaid tax liability that was due on the date the taxes were due. That penalty is 100% avoidable, regardless of whether you owe taxes or not, if you file that extension. Okay. Okay. So you're looking kind of scary right now. Do we need to stop for a minute? (laughs) Well, what if sort of just 
didn't get around to filing on the 18th of April because, as you said, I don't have the money and I know I can't pay it. So I just wasn't even going to submit the paperwork to prove that I owe money and can't pay for it. Can I file for the extension after the tax deadline? Well, you can give it a shot, but I would pretty much guarantee that the IRS will reject it and send you a friendly letter saying we received this extension after the due date. So I would have to file an extension on filing my taxes before April 18th. In most years, it's April 15th, but this year there was a holiday. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, that extension would, would, be, would have been due by midnight, April 18th as well. People don't, I mean, our taxpayers don't understand that we have this extension option, at least for the filing of the taxes. As CPAs, we just hate to see that penalty be assessed because our taxpayers didn't either, they didn't know about it or don't understand how that works. Well, I love that the government will charge me interest because I don't pay everything all at once, but they're not getting my refund to me anytime soon, and they're not paying me back the interest they owe. Well, you're right to a point. They will, if they don't issue that refund for a certain period of time, they will They will actually pay you interest, but it's not at the same rate of interest that you pay them. Of course not. And let's be honest, even though inter- we're heading into some inflationary times we're certainly not making a lot of interest anyway. That's true. But you're right. It's it's a little bit of a frustration there yeah. that government uses our money all year long or we don't get a refund for six months or whatever. And the payback on interest is not very high. Definitely don't want to invest in the IRS. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Not an investment option. All right. We, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll come back to more things we can do to try to mitigate any taxes we owe, especially now during inflationary times. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about, hey, I filed my taxes and now what do I do? Or maybe I didn't file my taxes and now I really need to know what to do. So joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA. So hopefully I haven't screwed up too much and my extension made it 
and we're, we're okay on payments, but what can I do so this doesn't happen next year? Because I'm guessing our inflation isn't really going to come down that much within the next year. It's, we're still going to be hurting for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I may have to go through all this again next year where I, I still owe taxes, but I can't pay it all up front because I'm struggling just to pay for my basic needs. Well, and, and that that's a struggle. That's a real struggle. I mean, it's really easy to say, well, just have more withheld from your paycheck. But when you can't walk out of the grocery store for under $100 and only two or three bags of groceries, it's kind of a slap, really. I mean, it, it's frustrating for a lot of people. So a couple things that I would do. I would certainly be aware. I would right now start calculating out. This is where I think my income is going to be at year end. If you haven't filed your taxes, let's get them filed. On the IRS website, if you make less than $73,000 in adjusted gross income, they have a listing of some sites that you can go that will prepare your taxes for free. So there's a little bit of help there. For those that have businesses and stuff, things, of course, get a little trickier. A lot of people were, were hit with taxes this year because they bounced back from losses that they had in 2020 and they leveraged those PPP loans and they really came out ahead. I mean, there were a lot of things that went on. So again, now is the time. If you worked with CPA, get into your CPA and say, okay, what do I got to do? I mean, you can make quarterly estimated payments. Is that a better way to, I would think paying it quarterly would be less of a hit than waiting till the end of the entire year. And now it's like, Oh, and now you owe all of it all at once. Yes, it is. And there are some requirements um, that you do, especially if you're, you know, a lot of our entrepreneurs, they, that's what they do. They do pay quarterly and it's kind of pay as you go. And, and it does minimize that hit that you take at the end of the year and they can plan, they can plan for that better. There are different tools, especially if you're a small business owner or a large business owner we have a lot of concerns with just our, our wage earners that are filing a regular tax return and not itemizing, just kind of that simple, I'm reporting my wages, maybe I have a little bit of interest and dividend income, and that's it. And it's getting out to the public. You know, there are these tools available, especially on the IRS website. And uh, these online filing packages that are using I certainly wouldn't use many of them for if I was running several different businesses or had a ton of rental properties or anything like that. But if you're kind of a wage earner and you have some itemized deductions, you know, you want to run that calculation, they're not bad. And I would encourage people to hop on there, hop on that website and use those tools rather than kind of sometimes we don't want to know the bad news. Yeah. And it's better, honestly, if we can prepare for the bad news up front, then at least we know. Yeah, it's the procrastinating to the last minute to Mm -hmm. file your taxes because you just don't want to know the bad news, but then you get the bad news and sometimes it's worse than you've ever imagined. And then especially now when you have less money at your disposal to try to pay for it. So yeah, I think bad news is going to happen one way or the other if you owe taxes. So like you said, being prepared and just doing it in smaller chunks throughout the year. I think that's a great way to go. Yeah. And just knowing, because sometimes, you know, when I was in public practice, I would see this. Sometimes you spiral out of control a little bit. You owe this year and then 
you wait till the October 15th filing deadline, you don't know that, then all of a sudden, October 15th, we're in fourth quarter of the current tax year, you spiral into, oh, I've done about the same thing and I'm not prepared for this year. So all of a sudden, now you owe for two years. That's a tough mess to get out of. And so let's pull in the reins. Let's let's just get it over. <laughs> you know, let's let's get yeah. over the bad news. Let's do what we can to prepare and move forward. So you did mention that there are some free websites for people who don't have very complex tax mm-hmm. issues. But for those people who may have just a little bit more income at their disposal, or they're in such a pickle, it would probably be a good idea to go to a certified public accountant. And you were talking about if you had clients who maybe were a little bit of a procrastinator and it was getting toward the end of the tax season and they hadn't sent all your stuff in, you just automatically filed the extension for them so that they wouldn't be in a bind. Instead of like me, I would probably be like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's the tax deadline has come and gone and I haven't even filed an extension for myself. Yeah. I mean, often, often with CPAs, uh, you know, especially those of us in public practice, we'll, of course, we reach out to our clients. We try to get them in and see what they've done and everything for whatever reason, if they don't, or we don't know what those payments are, we at least automatically file those extensions for them as a courtesy just because we don't want them to get that failure to file penalty. That is a penalty that nobody should get. I mean, there's no reason for that if you're aware. Let's say you filed it mid-March and I walk in the door on April 12th and I go, okay, here it is. Here's all my money. If I file on time, even though you filed an extension, is that an issue? No, no. You know, we kind of look at extensions as being like a small little insurance policy. So at least you're covered that way. But but once you file and, you know, and if you owe taxes, that's kind of when the clock starts ticking as far as penalty accrual or interest accrual if you didn't pay in with that tax return. All right. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we will talk more about prepping for next year's taxes. We're kind of done with this year, but we don't want to make the same mistakes we may have made this year. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about you filed your taxes, now what happens? And Susan, for me, it was pretty smooth sailing. My taxes aren't that complex and I got a nice refund. I'm done. Like, poo-hoo, I'm done. I don't have to think about it until next year, right? Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's great. I mean, if you kind of sailed by and whizzed by, I think that we like to think that. But be aware. I think that you mentioned earlier that we're in a time of of inflation. We don't know if employers are going to give raises to help mitigate that, which would be nice. There there are just a lot of moving parts. We're kind of watching what... um, the president's going to do. We don't know what that looks like. So I, I think that to be aware, number one, if you know something in your financial life changes, perhaps you need to say, okay, I just got a 10% increase to match the 10% inflation rate. How does that affect me? Am I going to owe something? And just run some quick numbers just to see. 
or if your business, if you're self-employed or you've got a business and you're doing extremely well, I don't think it hurts to sit down quarterly with your CPA and say, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we're projecting we're going. This is what I'm paying in quarterly, but do I need to be saving some extra money? Yeah. Kind of be aware of those things. If you have a baby, that's an extra, that's some extra child credit at the end of the year, whatever. I mean, just kind of be aware of what's going on in your financial life so that come year end, you're not surprised in a negative way. You did mention, I think it was in the first segment, if I owed quite a bit of money this year, Mm -hmm. one thing I could do, possibly do, is adjust my W-4. And what that would happen is I would have my employer withhold more taxes from every paycheck throughout the year, so I'm not owing as much. Mm -hmm. But again, with inflation, I kind of need every penny out of every paycheck so I can pay my rent and buy groceries and things like that. Is there anything else kind of in that realm that could help mitigate the amount of taxes I owe? Well, I think something to think about, and this isn't a very popular thing, but let's say you get a bonus. Maybe instead of spending that bonus right off the bat, you hold off until you know if there are any income taxes. I mean, you know, hopefully bonus suspected. So there's an idea there. Look at the perks or the pay packages that you're getting. I mean, are you leaving money sitting on the table with what your employers are providing you, you know, as far as retirement matching or HSAs that are taken out before taxes that maybe you don't understand that and you're just putting some money aside? I think that you have to look at the whole gamut. And I think as employers, I would suggest to our listeners that Maybe they spend some time in a staff meeting or sit down with their employees and just go over, hey, this is what we're trying to do to help you. And because often these things are not taken advantage of. Yeah, I love the the programs my employer provides that they take out the money before my paycheck is taxed. So if I earned a thousand dollars a paycheck and they take out two hundred for retirement or whatever it is, then I'm only taxed on the eight hundred dollars that's left over. I'm not taxed on the full thousand and then they take mm-hmm. the two hundred dollars out. So that is a savings in a way. It so, is. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a ten percent tax bracket, let's say, I mean that, that starts adding up. But we could go into a whole show of tax planning ideas and whatnot, but I don't think we have the bandwidth to do that today. You really need to run a personal awareness campaign as to what's going on with your finances. Yeah. We're kind of with the double-edged sword right now. Taxes, we have inflation hitting at us and we are being exposed for cash. So it is a huge awareness campaign. Definitely. All right. Any other tips, suggestions you have for people? Just basically what I am hoping people realize is, yeah, I filed my taxes It's not one of those things you just go, I don't have to think about it until April 10th of next year. My suggestion would be is do think about it, especially as those financial events occur. Be aware. I mean, if you get a raise, maybe that raise you need to have a little more taken out, especially if you're paying last year's so that you don't find yourself in the same bind. Because we tend to, things tend to get worse if we don't nip it in the bud immediately. So I would say be aware, number one. Number two, if you do get a little bit of extra money, and especially if you do owe, put that money towards those back taxes. We don't want you to continue to have those interest and penalty accruals. That's money that you're just throwing away. You can spend it better than the government. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Susan Spears. Again, you are the CEO of Utah's Association of Certified Public Accountants. And if people want to try to find a CPA, if they don't already have one, they can call your organization. Do you help match them with somebody who would be best for their needs? Yes, they can certainly call or get on our website. We have a little find a CPA link. We'll match those needs. We we have 3,000 plus members. I think we can find someone for you. And they're all vetted, right? You're not going to hook yeah. me up with the, the ambulance chasing guy, right? No, no. And um, we vet them before they join our organization. <laughs> so we know they're legit. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.